What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knock If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Cavalier Central, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. That was just not the best game. Um, the Wizards really, really struggled um, just to get anything on offense without, um, obviously without Beal, without Neto, and without um, Bertans. Um, so yeah, um, the Wizards ended up losing that game 114-104. to 104. Um, against the Charlotte Hornets. Um, the Hornets coming in this game were 22-22. and 22. They pushed the record to 23-22. and 22. Um, Coming into this game, the Wizards were 17-27, and 27, and they pushed the record to 17-28. and 28. Um, Yeah, I guess, first of all, um, first thing I want to go over is the, I guess, some of the um, Charlotte Hornets team stats. Uh, so coming in this game, their offense was 15th in the league um, with an offensive rating of 111.9, and their defense was 18th in the league with a defensive, with a defensive rating of... 113.1. Um, yeah, um, so their point differential coming into this game was negative 1.3, which is 20th in the league. I think, wait a second. Um, hmm. Okay, yeah, so I said I said the um, the thing's wrong. So coming into this game, um, coming into this game, the Hornets were 23 and 22, and now they're 24 and 22, and the Wizards were 17 and 28, and now they're 17 and 29. So I messed it up um, right at the very beginning. Um, but yeah, so just, I missed a bunch of this game, um, because, uh, we kind of had a big time, big time issue in my household, um, where we just moved and, um, we're trying to cut the cord and, um, this game because the Caps Rangers game was on NBC Sports Washington. Um, this game got pushed to NBC Sports Washington plus. Um, so we have YouTube TV now. Um, YouTube TV doesn't have NBC Sports Washington plus. Um, so we had a big issue. Um, I tried to get on my phone and then cast it through like Chromecast and that didn't work. Um, so I ended up like finally just coming downstairs and watching the game on my Xbox on my TV. Um, and yeah, but I missed like half the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I'm going to try to talk about this as much as I can just based on the, um, half that I really, really got to watch. I, st- I watched a little bit of the end of the first half too. Um, yeah, I'm going to, ch- I'm 
trying to think about some something else I can talk about um to try to because I don't want to talk too much about the game that I didn't watch um all of it um but I do want to obviously talk about on um, the press I did watch and the press I did watch Terry's year um was insane but also I'll talk about some of the Wizards perspective um Ruach Mora when I saw him he was absolutely great um again like just without Bradley Beal he's he looks good every time Bradley Beal's on the floor actually I do want to look at some of his stats um without Bradley Beal um Anyway, so he had 30 points, um, 30 points on the night, um, 12 25 from the field, 5 5 from the free throw line. Again, like not incredible, um, true shooting wise. His, or he had, um, 30 points on 27 and a half, um, shooting possessions. Um, but considering the obstacles of the spacing of the Washington Wizards, it's not a terrible number. Um, and also just like his level of aggressiveness. Again, like, yeah, he's not super efficient. He could get better at finishing, he could get better at some of his decision making. Uh, but being aggressive is what kind of the first step to eventually like event because that stuff can improve as you um, move on you add skills to your game um, you know you improve that decision making um, you improve the shot making you improve the finishing you get stronger um, all that stuff is going to come with it but um, the first thing that you do need to work on is kind of just um, mentality knowing how to get to the rim um, and just being aggressive and being able to make the decision that you are going to get to the rim um, and Rui did a great job of that in this game um, and it shows um, in the numbers that he's been putting up lately, um, which is really, really good to see. Um, Westbrook was, you know, <laughs> he's Westbrook, um, makes some just head-scratching decisions, um, shot nine threes and made four of them, which is not going to usually happen, but shooting nine threes is just terrible. It's Man, he's just so frustrating um, because he does such great things out there. He had that one ridiculous dunk at the end of the game on Biombo. Um, but I mean, first of all, congratulations! He puts the game to eight points, like with a minute left. But anyways, um, that was awesome. Like seeing some of the flashes of him, and then just like like seeing him just being such a good passer, he can still finish at the round the rim really, really well. Um, and you saw with the dunk, like he's getting better and better and better. But like. This has always been the problem with Westbrook too. Is just like he can't cut out the fat, and like at this point in his career, there's just so much fat that like some of like at some points he's like just hurting his team, but like some points he's helping so much. It's just such a roller coaster watching him play. It's it's so frustrating um, because some of the stuff that he could possibly fix just seems so easy. Like if he just if he just felt like it. Um, but that again, that's just what people call the Russell Westbrook experience. Um, I don't know. Um, it's not fun to watch it every single game. Um, but yeah, he had 22 points on 23 shooting possessions, 15 assists, and 15 rebounds. Um, a lot of the rebounds uncontested. Five offensive rebounds is a really good number, though. Um, also had five turnovers. Some of them were of the ugly variety, um, unlike the last game where I said um, he didn't really have many ugly turnovers. Um, Robin Lopez played really, really well in this game. He had 16 points um, in 27 minutes, 8 of 11 from the field. Um, didn't get to the line, though, and that's about it from notable players. Um, so moving on to the Hornet stats, Rogier, as I mentioned, um, played ridiculous. Um, I mean, just like, did he play ridiculous or was he just making shots? Um, it's always something that I like to think about. Um, cause like if shots go in, does that mean that you're really, really playing that well? Or are the shots just going in the basket? Um, but <laughs> the shots were going in the basket for Terry Rogier. He played 39 minutes in this game at 27 points, um, 10 to 20 from the field, but five of 10 from the three point line, two or two at the free throw line. So 27 points coming on 21 shooting possessions, really efficient night for him. And he was just just hitting tons of shots, um, just attacking tons of mismatches. The Wizards were doing that thing um, where they're switching a lot. And Rogier, um, he has a pretty good handle, um, pretty good first step and quickness. Um, so he was just able to get a lot of a lot of shots that he wanted to get. Um, and that's how he put up a lot of points. Um, Gordon Hayward also just absolutely cooked the Wizards like no one on the Wizards could guard him. Um, he had 26 points on 22 shooting possessions, so solid efficiency from him. Also had 11 rebounds um, and six assists. Um, 
Devontae Graham was also solid, 17 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, um, 17 points coming on, 14 shooting possessions, so decent efficiency from there. Um, Cody Zeller also came off the bench in this game, um, played just as much minutes as the starting center, which was Bismack Biombo, um, and he played pretty well too, um, but he didn't finish the game. Um, it was Biombo, just because Biombo provides a little more rim protection, um, whereas Zeller um, can kind of get exposed foot speed-wise a little bit. Um, but yeah, so just I guess the first thing I want to talk about um, is the Wizards... No, the first thing I do want to talk about is wizard shooting. Um, actually, I want to pull up their team stats um, super quick. Teams. Wizards. Because um, I want to look at... Um, I did this a couple of days ago, I think, but I definitely want to do it again. Um, so the first thing I want to look at is shooting frequency. Um, who shoots the most threes on this team um, by you know position? Um, and obviously number one is Bertans in the 100th percentile, but next to Garrison Matthews, um, who only played 15 minutes in this game, and I, that's just like a mind-boggling coaching decision to me personally. Um, Garrison Matthews um, shoots in the 97th percentile of um, you know threes, and then Bonga, Abdia, um, Mo Wagner, Troy Brown, who aren't on the team anymore, obviously. Um, it goes on and on and on. Okay, so not many guys shoot that many threes. I'm the the only guys that are above 50% that played in this game, um, besides Garrison Matthews, is Avdia. Um, and he was like, what, 0 for 6, 1 for 7, something like that in this game. From Actually, no, I'll look at it. Uh, I don't want to be lazy here. Um, Avdia was 1 for 7 from 3 in this game. Um, and then the next guy above the 50th percentile is Rui Hachimura. Um, and Rui was 1 for 2. And something that I liked that Rui, wait, he's above the 50, 22%. Okay, yeah. So something that I've liked that Rui stopped doing as much is stop shooting threes as much. Like, he can't really shoot. Um, but utilizing the pump fake because, you know, when you only have one or two days to prepare for a team, sometimes you're not always going to be um, super, super prepped. Um, so doing that and then getting into his dribble drive game um, has been a definitely welcome sight um, for myself. Um, and then after um, that, there's just a big drop off in terms of who's shooting a lot of threes. Um, on this team. Um, and when you look at the accuracy, um, so number one on the team is Thomas Bryant, but he just, because he only shot 21 threes on the whole entire season. Um, next is Garrison Matthews, who's at 42% right now um, from three um, on 121 attempts. Next is Davis Bertans at 39%. Um, after him is Isak Banga, but only on 29 attempts. Um, and then after that, you're getting below 50th percentile guys um, already. Um, next to Troy Brown, who, you know, you know how I feel about Troy Brown. Um, if you listened to some of the episodes before. Um, and then after that is Rui Hajimura, only shooting 33%. Um, so he is not really a threat to shoot the ball. Um, after that is Denny Avdia, um, shooting 36%. Um, but a lot of that is because of early season shooting um, success. And like in the past like month or two, he just hasn't been able to hit anything. So, you know, he's not a threat to shoot. Um, after that is Neto and Beal, who didn't play. Um, Westbrook, Westbrook is definitely not a threat to shoot. Teams are will just let him shoot all day long. Um, he's at 31% on the season. Um, and then after that, like Jerome Robinson is at 21% from the season. Um, Chandler Hutchinson, um, clearly the only has his wizard stats. Um, but yeah, Chandler Hutchinson isn't a threat to shoot either. Obviously, Lopez and Len aren't threats to shoot. Like, so literally having one guy in your whole entire rotation that's a threat to shoot. I guess Cassius Winston can shoot. Um, but the sample size isn't giant there. Um, I also miss a lot of the Cassius Winston minutes. I'm really, really, really upset about that because um, I love watching Cassius Winston play, even though he's not really that good. Um, but on the season, Cassius Winston is three for seven. Um, but he could really, really shoot at Michigan State. Um, kind of has a longer release, though, and doesn't get a ton of elevation on a shot. So I don't know how it... Um, and he has a little bit of a funky form. Um, <laughs> so I don't know how like well he can get off, off the dribble at the NBA level. Um, he could do it at the college level, but... Uh, I don't know. He's he's pretty undersized. He doesn't have the best uh, elevation or form. So 
I don't know. I don't know if Cassius Winston's ever going to turn into a rotation player, but it's fun to see him play in these games um, just because I love watching him so much in college. Um, just such a great player for Michigan State. Anyways, um, back to getting on topic. When you have no spacing and you're playing against a team like the Hornets who already, like, they play a pretty, um, like, very, very gap-heavy style of defense already um, where they're just helping a ton in the gaps and rotating a ton, all that kind of stuff flying around. Like, on Brego, like, the way that this defense plays is really, really interesting. Um, they don't really have good point of attack defenders at all like the point of attack defenders like Rozier who's you know average at best um probably um Devontae Graham who's below average um Lamella Ball who's below average and then like the Martin Twins are you know solid defenders um and then like who else is even at their point like Malik Monk didn't play in this game um but he's not a good defender at all um and then after that you're like, like Brad Wanamaker um just got on the team like Grant Riller who hasn't really played all season um like these guys um they they don't have very good individual defenders um but they're not terrible overall in defense um Part of that is because, like, Biombo and Zeller are fine as rim protectors, but they're, they're not, like, superstar, like, defensive centers. Um, P.J. Washington is a solid defender. Like, Gordon Hayward is a solid defender, but, like, these guys aren't, like, leading defenses. Like, Miles Bridges is a solid defender, but, like, if you just look at the personnel, this team should be a lot worse defensively than they are. And part of it is because their scheme, part of it is because they're, they're pretty good in rotation, um, and that a lot of that stems from the coaching, stems from Borrego. Um, and I think he's done a really, really good job with the team. I think is an awesome coach. I think he's always been super underrated. Uh, his team's always outperform where they're supposed to be, and this team is kind of the same way. Um, but yeah, going back to talking about the Wizards, if you play really heavily in the gaps um, against a team like the Wizards who can't shoot, um, and you're just willing to give up open shots and take away like driving lanes, um, then it's going to be a big big time struggle for the um, Wizards to score. Um, I think I forgot to go over the um, I forgot to go over the overview and four factors type of stuff. So the Wizards' offensive rating was 104, which is in the 25th percentile, and like a 104 offensive rating is terrible. Um, the Hornets' offensive rating was 112.9, um, which is pretty good, um, right above average. Um, Wizards' effective field goal percentage, 46.5, which is bad. Um, Hornets was 54.4, which is right above average. Um, Hornets had an average turnover rate. Wizards was slightly below average. Um, offensive rebound rate, both right around average. And then free throw rate, Wizards didn't get to the free throw line very much. And part of that stems from not being able to get to the rim that much because the Hornets are playing um, so much in the gaps. Um, the Hornets did get to the free throw line a little more often than the Wizards did. Um, just to pull up the shot zones, um, the Wizards got 23 shots at the rim, actually, which is a lot. Um, I want to see who got who got those shots. Um, actually, I want to see who cleaning the glass to find it because it didn't really feel that way as I was watching the game. Um, maybe part of that is because a lot of that happened in the first half. Um, but cleaning the way cleaning the glass defines it, 27% of the Wizards' shots were at the rim and 25% were at short mid um, range. So the way um, ESPN or yeah NBA.com has it is that the Wizards had 23 shots at the rim. I wonder who they gave those shots to. Um, so Avdia had one. Um, Rui had seven. Okay, so that's where it's coming from. Um, Rui was good um, getting to the rim, but he's also good as a cutter in this game, um, which is what I like to see. I, that's something that I think Rui is actually underrated at, um, is being able to cut to the rim. I think that him and Westbrook has developed a little bit of some good chemistry on um, being able to cut, especially so um, a good counter when teams are just completely helping off of you and sagging off of you is to cut. Um, because when you're helping off and sagging off, usually you have your eyes on someone else. Um and a lot of times it's hard to keep it's hard to keep your eyes on the ball and on your man um, when the guy with the ball is actively moving around the way Russell Westbrook does. Um, he does kind of like the dribble around in circles, dribble around all over the place. Like he's kind of like he has that kind of crazy like Tas- Tasmanian devil type of style when he's in the half court. Um, so and it's like a hard guy to track him and track your man, which is you know generally the technique and um, that's like what they teach you with like middle school, high school, that kind of stuff. Um, 
But it's tough at the NBA level when you have Russell Westbrook with the ball and you're trying to track Rui Hajimura. So he's he's gotten good at those backdoor cuts, um, which is which is pretty exciting to see. That's how he got a lot of his shots at the rim. Um, but Rui has a really interesting shot chart, um, which is something that I've kind of been harping on all along. Um, and the fact that he was six of seven right at the rim, five of eight from in the paint um, outside of the restricted area, O of eight from mid-range and one of two from above the break three. Um, so from inside the paint, he was 11 of 15, which is absolutely awesome. Love to see him getting 15 shots inside the paint. That's a phenomenal number. And for him to make 11, that's also a phenomenal number. Um, just great improvement, obviously shown there. Um, just in this one game by Rui, um, just his, obviously his aggressive level in this level. Um, but O of eight from mid range, um, is not a good look. Um, that's not a good number at all. I want to find, um, I'm on clean the glass. I want to see Rui's shot frequencies. Um, super, super quick. Um, so shot frequency. Um, yeah, let's look at the season first. Um, oh, this says both seasons. Perfect. Okay. So this season, um, at the rim, only 33% of his shots are coming at the rim, which is in the 21st percentile for, um, his position. Um, but cleaning the glass does list his position as a big, he's really more of a forward in my opinion. Um, so that's interesting. Um, but last season was at 45%, which is a much, much better number. Um, but obviously part of that is because he was working off the ball a little bit more, um, didn't have as much freedom on the ball. Um, eight, his shots from long mid have gone down, but his shots from short mid are a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, his shots from three, like his three-point attempt rate has gone up, which is a good thing. Um, but just need to see him get to the rim more. Um, but for him to get there seven times on 24 shot attempts is right about 33%. Um that is 33. No, that's lower than 33%. Um, but for him to get 15 of his, that's 24, right? Let's see, 15 of his 25, actually. So he had 25 shot attempts, 15 of those came at the rim, um, which is 60%. Um, and that is, oh man, that's exactly where his season average is. Okay, well, it seems like it, whatever. Okay, so, but he was all away from mid-range. I want to look at his shooting accuracy and his, um, his efficiency at the rim has gone up. Um, last season was at 64%. This season it's at 67%. Um, his efficiency from short mid has skyrocketed out. Last season was at 29%. This season it's at 46%, which is a really, really good number. Um, he hasn't shot as many mid-range shots. Um, he hasn't shot as many, or he shot more threes and his three-point percentage has slightly gone up. Um, he's also shot more three-pointers than he had did all of last season. Um, but anyways, um, just getting to the rim is really the key to unlocking Rui. Um, like I said in the last podcast, I really think that they should consider bringing him off the bench um, to just kind of experiment with him handling the ball a little bit more um, and just trying to be a little bit more of a shot creator for himself. Um, I think that would be good for his development. I think that'd be good for the bench overall and then move um, Bertans into the starting lineup, obviously when he comes back, um, but also to try to separate um, Hachimura from Beal a little bit um, because Rui does work well with the ball in his hands. Um, I think Rui tying his minutes more to Westbrook rather than to Beal um, makes sense to me. Um, so we'll kind of see how Scott Brooks plays out this um, rotation when Bradley Beal comes back. Um, just to go over some of the other guys who are getting shots at the rim, Len had four shots at the rim, was four for four. Um, and then Lopez had four, five shots to the rim and was four for five. Um, the one guy that I need to see get to the rim more is um, Russell Westbrook. He shot two shots at the rim and four shots um, from outside the paint or inside the paint outside the restricted area, which is six of his total um, 20 shots, which is not a good number at all. Um, actually, I haven't updated. I haven't. Um, I mean, updated in my own, I guess, on this podcast, um, what Westbrook's shooting numbers are. Um, 
in terms of frequency from around the court. So I do want to do that because I do want to um, fill up this time with some content um, because obviously I, like, I didn't watch as much of this game as I would have liked. Um, usually, I, obviously, I watched the whole entire game um, today. You know, it just wasn't a good day. Um, but yeah, in terms of frequency shooting at the rim, Westbrook is still pretty low at 29%, which is by far the lowest of his career, which is not good. Um, but his short mid is at 26%. Um, so, you know, those are basically like shots right outside. Um, but from um, long mid, he's shooting at 25% of his shots from long mid, which is not a good number, and only 20% of his shots from three. Um, so it just needs to, you know, but he's getting better, um, which is a good thing. Um, didn't really show it in this game, but obviously the paint was packed. It was hard for him. Defense was keying in on him, and they already play a style that um, isn't um, indicative or, I guess, conducive for guards to really, really get to the rim um, and finish a lot. So it was, it is tough for him, um, but he did do a good job of being able to drive and then, you know, make those drop down passes that he's gotten really good at to the bigs. That's how they got a, a few dunks. Um, and that's how they got some of their shots at the rim. Um, but finishing at the rim, Westbrook is still really good. Um, I think he has his highest number of his career right now, finishing at the rim at 64%, which is ridiculous considering like how good he's been throughout his career. Um, so message to Westbrook, get to the rim more. Um, he's shooting well from short mid. So like those are fine shots. Um, just from long mid, um, 37%. That's just not good enough. That's not good enough from two point range to shoot. 37% is not good enough at all. Um, from three point range to shoot 31% is not good enough at all. Um, if you can get 64% of the at the rim, that's 1.28 points per shot um, versus long mid where um, that's only, what, 0.74 points per shot. Um, such a huge difference. That's like, what, half a point difference um, per shot you take? That's absolutely ludicrously insane. Um, so Westbrook is still an elite level finisher at the rim. Um, it's just frustrating to see um, sometimes like his passing is so high level, um, but some of his like scoring things just could be so much better. Um, and that's, it's frustrating at times. Um, and it was frustrating in this one, especially like when Westbrook is as bad as he was on defense, um, in this game, um, like if he's not scoring the ball, well, um, he's really just, just not like a great factor, um, for this team. Um, oh, I do want to, so something I talked about, um, early in the season was when Westbrook was, um, really, really low in Raptor. Um, so I do, I want to update that because he was like literally lower than, um, Anthony Simons, who's like typically like the guy who's like the lowest guy in the league. Um, so I want to search for, um, actually, no, I want, yeah, I do want to search for Russell Westbrook. So he's at minus 3.8 right now, um, minus 1.3 on offense and minus 2.5 on defense, um, which makes sense. Um, just cause he was so bad for like the first two months of the season. Um, but that defensive number really, really makes sense. Um, there are a few times in this game where Westbrook just killed the team on defense. He can't get around a screen. Um, off the ball, he's not engaged. He's terrible on help. Um, at some points, the Hornets were actually hunting him to be in the weak side corner just because they knew that he wasn't going to help. Um, and the bigs were just getting cooked because they're two-on-ones um, because the guards aren't great at getting over screens. Um, and they're just like, they had to commit to um, step up a little bit on like floaters or um, step up a little on the guards. And they just pat, dump it down to the big. The big would get dunks. Or um, sometimes they just drive and Westbrook just wouldn't help. And they just get layups. Like it was so, it's so frustrating to watch him play defense because he's so bad. Like he is so terrible. And I know that he can do it because I've seen him do it before. Like, you know, in OKC, like his brain hasn't gone away. Like I know that he knows what a weak side help rotation is, um, but he's just terrible. Like it's just laziness at this point um, because I know he knows how to play basketball. Like I know that he has a um, basketball IQ. Like he's been playing in the league forever. He's been an awesome player. Like he can do it. Um, it's, but it's just frustrating. It's so, just so frustrating with him at this point. Um, just, you know, the highs are so high and the lows are so low. Um, and that's kind of the Westbrook experience. Um, something I do want to talk about. So the Wizards were 10 for 37 from three in this game, which is 27%. 
Um, just to go through the line of who was shooting them, Avdia shot seven, not what you want at all. Um, Rui shot two, fine. Um, Westbrook shot nine, not what you want at all. Jordan Robinson shot eight, not what you want at all. Hutchison shot three, not what you want at all. Um, Matthew shot five, which is, you know, that's a good number. Um, Robin Lopez shot one, and Cassius Winston shot two. Um, so if you just go down the line of who was shooting the ball, um, it's not really that surprising that the number, I mean, like 27% obviously is a little lower than you would expect. I'm um, just off the top of my head, just looking at all the guys that are shooting, all these guys are right around like 30 to 35% shooters. Um, so I'm like weighing it based on Westbrook taking nine and Garrett, Jerome Robinson taking eight and Avi taking seven, you'd probably expect to be right around 30%. Um, and it was at 27%. So you probably expect them to make one or two more um, threes, but that's only three to six points, which is not going to swing the game. Um, well, what swing the game is the ridiculous shooting from the Charlotte Hornets. Um, they were 14 to 34, which is 41.2%, which is an incredibly high number. You cannot expect the team to shoot that high um, from three-point range. Um, and a lot of that was because Terry Rozier shot 5 for 10, which 50%, that's absolutely insane um, to shoot from a single game. You know, really good game from him. Um, just, you know, kind of frustrating from a fan standpoint on the other side. Um, yeah, it's 22 minutes in. Um, I talked a lot about this game, um, that I didn't see the whole entirety of. So I do just want to go through my notes super quick and then that'll be that, um, for this episode, um, make it a little shorter. Um, so the first thing I wrote in my notes, um, this is when I started watching in the second quarter. Um, Avdia on Hayward just is not a good matchup. We got to talk about Avdia. Like, why did he play so much in this game? He was terrible. He played 32 minutes and just gave the Wizards absolutely nothing. Same for Jerome Robinson. Played 36 minutes and was not good at all. Um, why are these two guys playing so much? Like, you have, like, Chandler Hutchinson at least is, like, probably a better player. Like, I don't think Chandler Hutchinson is a rotation-level guy in the NBA right now. But he's probably better right the second he gives the Wizards more than Denny Avdia. Um... So I don't understand that coaching decision to play Avdia 32 minutes and Hutchinson 21. I really, really don't understand. Like Garrison Matthews is a legit rotation level NBA player. He can defend um, on the ball, not as well off the ball, um, but he gives you high energy and he can shoot. He's the only guy in this whole rotation that could shoot the ball tonight. And he only played 15 minutes. Like that's just the most mind bogglingly ridiculous coaching decision that Scott Brooks, like some of his lineup decisions are just awful. Like that is a really, really bad one. Um, that is a insanely bad one. Like, why? And why isn't Bonga, like, at least Bonga can, like, kind of shoot confidently from the corner. Like, it doesn't make sense because the Wizards were getting killed because there was no spacing. You have one guy who's a floor spacer and you're not playing him. Why? 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 Why do you do this to yourself? Like, why is Scott Brooks, like, it's just self-inflicted. Like, just, it's just stupid. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, so what I wrote about Obdia is that he doesn't have the foot speed or the, just the defensive IQ technique to guard um, Gordon Hayward at all. Um, Gordon Hayward is just too skilled. Um, you know, he's really, really good um, with the ball, just using his pivot foot and then using his, like, he doesn't have, like, a super shifty handle, um, but he has a functional handle, um, so to speak, um, where he can really, really get by um, guys like Avdia who just aren't that good on the ball defensively yet, um, you know, which is fine. Avdia's a rookie. I'm not, like, sitting here trying to trash Avdia, Um in terms of development in the future. Um, but for now, he's, he's just not good because um, he's a rookie. Um, so, you know, we'll see where that goes. Um, <laughs> I read in my notes, Russ is still horrible on defense. Um, Hornets run a single tag at him, and Zeller gets a wide-open dunk with no rotation. The next play, um, he doesn't help the helper, and the other team gets a wide-open layup. And that's the Westbrook experience. Um, Hornets are hunting. Yeah, Hornets at one point, they're just absolutely hunting Denny Avdia. Like, any late clock situation, they would um, hunt Avdia um, in switches. Um they did it at the end of the half, um, and just um, Devontae Graham made a ridiculous shot overall. Like, Avdia did a good job in that situation and forced a tough step back three. Um, Graham just hit a shot. Um, and then I wrote in my notes, the Wizards don't have enough threats that are good enough to expose the aggressive help from one pass away, which is kind of the story of the game in the end. Um, 
I wrote, I wrote down, someone needs to teach Avdi how to ice a ball screen. Like, I could hear on my TV, um, like, Scott Brooks or, like, whoever, like, Robin Lopez yelling, ice, 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 when they'd set a side ball screen. And Avdi never iced the ball screen. Like, he doesn't know how to ice a ball screen. I don't know if they, like, they don't teach that in Israel, like, Israel, Israeli national team or um, whatever the heck that team is called that he played for um, that I can't think of right now in Israel. Man, what's that team called? Whatever, I'll think about it at some point. Um, but I guess I don't teach icing ball screens. Like, he he couldn't execute it. Um, it's not that hard to execute. You just don't let them use the screen. He he couldn't do it. Um, so that was kind of weird to see. Um, all right, Winston's getting missed. But the Wizards are trying to hide him on defense against Caleb Martin. Whichever one of the Martins that doesn't really play as much, um, I think it's Caleb. Um, let's see. <laughs> Caleb plays 14 minutes a game. Yeah, so it is Caleb. Um how much does Cody play? Cody Martin is better than Caleb. I know that much. Um, wait, what? Cody plays 14 minutes? Okay, now I'm confused. <laughs> it's always so confusing because they wear 10 and 11. They look the exact same. Um, but when like when one of them shoots or one of them like just starts to play a little bit, then you can kind of tell which one's the better one. Um, do they both play 13 point? What the heck? Okay, whatever. I'm not going to deal with this. <laughs> Not my team, um, but whatever, which, whichever one of the Martins is worse, that's one that they try to stick Winston on. I'm um, going to try to get him off the ball. Um, I wrote down in my notes in the third quarter, the aggression from Rui is really high, and he looks really good right now. Um, we still have to see if all the shooting is sustainable, which if it's in the paint, it is. If it's outside the paint, it's not. Um, but it, most of this in this game was inside the paint. So what he did in this game, I think, is sustainable long term, um, which is a great sign. Um, but he's showing promise is what I wrote. Um, so, yeah, the next thing I wrote, Wizards just can't generate anything. Um yeah, the Wizards were running lineups. Like, whenever um, Garrison Matthews was in the game, they were running lineups with no shooters, and it just didn't work at all. Um, some of the cutting was good, like, promising stuff. Um, Obdi is, like, a solid cutter. Rui Hachimura is a good cutter. Um, Hutchinson's a solid cutter. Um, like, that stuff is all good. Um, but, yeah, it was just painful to watch. Um, and then, like, Lopez is, like, actually showing some other post moves besides the post hook. Uh, it's always fun to see. Um... Yeah, Westbrook can just easily get lost. Into, oh, my God. There was, like, a couple times where Wizards were in full rotation, and Westbrook was just, like, the link in the chain that just absolutely broke and killed the Wizards, just gave up wide-open shots. Oh, man. I could just talk forever about how bad Westbrook is on defense. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I don't understand all these minutes. Obdi, I already talked about that. That was my last note. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got um, for this episode. Um, the next Wizards game, I believe, is on Thursday against the Pistons. Um, so definitely check that game out. Um I have a podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.